story. Welcome back to Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar. I am your host. To my left, I have my co-host Karen. Hi. And in front of me in the screen, I have my original co-host. Back What's going again. on? What's up? What's up, Santos? How you doing? Pretty good. My name is. Oh, well, you said my name. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> my name is. Yeah. All right. So today we're doing Lovecraft Country, the new HBO show. The much awaited long awaited anticipated anticipated jordan peele jj abrams partnership they produced it and it was created by misha green who is of underground fame i want to start off with what you thought about it like tell me your initial thoughts and then we'll get into like some of the larger themes later initial thoughts okay i stylish open great visuals uh Mm -hmm. i like the way they played with color Great storytelling, good ending. I, I really liked the show a lot, so it was really good. You can tell it was very J.J. Uh, Abrams with the sci-fi stuff. The beginning. Yes, yeah, especially yeah. the beginning. And um, towards the end, it got more um, peel. So more what? More. Oh, um, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was very enjoyable. I had a lot of fun. And uh, the build-up was great, too. Usually build-up is boring, but I thought that was really good. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about you, Karen? Yeah, I agree. I thought it was just... I think it really hit the ground running mm-hmm. in terms of, like, capturing you, like, with the opening. Like, the, like, the sci-fi opening. And then, like, it immediately kind of, like, puts the brakes. And, like, you're in, like, this, like, setting and, like... You're on the bus, you know, like, it's just, I feel like it, even though it was, like, fast-paced at times, I, I don't know, I was, a, I'm a big fan of the pacing, mm-hmm. yeah. because I think it, it, like, sped things up just at the right point and really slowed things down, and it made it very, like, watchable and, like, consumable. Yeah. They got me saying what the fuck a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and to, to that, like, I think the slower moments really, like, help you understand the characters and the world. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, like, the block party when like he there's like a the fire hydrant yeah the fire Uh, hydrant scene and also like the two sisters singing which is letty and her sister but like it was like these slower moments where i was like okay i'm digging this because you get like a sense of like there is like a real sense of community and i think that that bleeds into like my first point about the setting and like it being the 50s like the backdrop of the 50s as the setting yeah well one it puts us directly in contact with like this being a show about like directly dealing with the question of why aren't black people in horror movies and i think the setting of being in the 1950s already gives you that horror of like racism you know like white people treat a lot of the characters on screen like they're they're monsters they treat them terribly and i thought that as the setting was great and you really get to understand that like when they're amongst their community they're safe but when they're outside of it it's very like there's like dark music and like everything seems scary and you have to like watch how you talk and shit kind of like how it is now yeah i mean yeah and so there are a couple of things I want to go over, but what did you guys think about the setting and, like, it being the 50s and, like, did you feel like they nailed that aesthetic? I think they, I think they nailed it. I think, like, the world itself is so lived in, like, the costumes, like, it reminds me of, in terms of, like, the world, like, in the set pieces and stuff, it reminds me of, um, like, Mrs. Maisel. Mm. That's I think it's set in the 50s also. Uh I don't remember. But it's very, like, but it just feels real. Like, it feels like, yeah, this is, we're in the 50s. This is, like, these people live here. This is their community. And, like, you know, the rural areas seem very rural. And, like, they're completely 
like you don't know what's gonna happen yeah because there, it's just unknown you know like they, they literally have to show you like the atlases and like there's nothing on the map because yeah. like that's just how it was back then like you didn't really know where things were and it was really treacherous for people if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah what did you think santos as soon as like you get to the to the scene where he's going he's in the bus going back home you can instantly tell that all oh, these people are gonna win an emmy for like best costume design you know what I mean? like oh okay cool so yeah i mean yeah like karen said it was pretty like everything is right everything's good with the costumes the settings like you can tell you like put yourself in that world the cars the car chase was good and that bleeds in to my next point about because since it is the 50s as a setting that's also the pop culture of the 50s you know like pulp fiction and like lovecraft like all the so i don't know how familiar you are with with hp lovecraft okay no i don't so he's like a white all those monsters right? what was that he's like a white supremacist right kinda they yeah. dress it a little bit so this is this is like where the show is uh like the the title of the show kind of plays a role okay. so hp lovecraft was like this prolific horror kind of like I don't know. Author. Author. But also, like, he wrote... It wasn't just horror. It was also just, like, otherworldly beings. Yeah. It was, like, sci-fi-ish. I'm assuming but this, he was, this was, like, in, like, the 30s, right? I think that might be, but I don't remember Because the way exactly. he was, like... Because he was... The way he was, like, looking at the books, like, it looked like uh-huh. he was, like, childhood books type thing. And that was in the 50s, right? Yeah. I think you're right. I think he, he was, like, from... It says that he was, like... From the 1917s to the 1930s, so yeah, his his work uh, in the in the world had already been around, but he was so yeah, he's like a prolific kind of uh, like horror dude. He's also he's famous for that the creation of that like flying monster, the Cthulhu, the Cthulhu. Oh, okay. The so in you you can see it in the first the first scene, but you can also see it in things like Rick and Morty. There's like that flying thing that kind of looks like it, oh, okay. like it's it's permeated throughout pop culture. Yeah. Okay. Um, and again, this is like part is, of the culture. Is that considered like the first ever flying monster? I don't think he was like the first flying, but he was kind of like. I feel like he's like the pint, like he's like the one grandfather. Of the fathers, yeah, like, one of the grandfathers yeah. of horror. And oh, like, okay. At least horror as a genre in, in a, fiction. Like sci-fi horror. Yeah. Okay, cool. Supernatural element. Um, so, I, I didn't know. I didn't know he went that far back. Yeah, but so okay. So this I think is interesting because uh, so they present H.P. Lovecraft in the in the in the actual show as like Tick being a big fan of Pulp Fiction or like just pulp. He likes these stories about how like heroics and kind of sci-fi elements. But what's interesting about H.P. Lovecraft is because is that he crafted so much horror so like i think a lot of horror kind of borrows from his like work and so much of horror has like it has this weird relationship with black people which i mentioned at the top of the show and that like they're either relegated to certain positions uh like certain stories or certain stereotypes at least in the horror that we know now or they die early you Mm -hmm. know yeah and this one it shows that like that the way that black people have been presented in horror it's like we they aren't a part of it but i think this show directly engages with one of the one of the like the main dudes who's responsible for a lot of of the horror genre and it shows how like even though he was he's also known as a racist and they talk about that in the show mm-hmm. people still like black people still gravitated towards that yeah. and it's like directly engaging with the idea that like even though we aren't necessarily welcome in the space as like they're portraying us in 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 the genre we're they're still consumers of that culture so like they're consumers of pop culture in that and that that's why i was i was talking about like the 50s as not just the setting but also just like the world like he likes pulp fiction he likes fucking like he so what i'm saying is that like it's one directly like revising the idea that like black people don't like horror by censoring them and by showing that like they have these interests in these these stories that traditionally aren't seen as like for black people and i think the show directly talks about that 
when like he Tick, fantasizes himself in these stories not just that so like his dad they talks about like when his dad found ticks like tick tick reading one of one of the hp lovecraft stories that he made him read one of hp lovecraft's like famous uh like really racist tirades against like black people mm. and he made him read that essentially saying like this isn't for us like this 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 culture this like this scary like white shit isn't for us like that's not part of what we do that also goes back to he was also upset with him for joining the war like why yes. are you gonna join the war when this country doesn't even love you exactly and mm-hmm. that also relates back to the first person he talks to on screen like mm-hmm. or not, besides the red alien but after he gets off the bus the he helps out this he helps out this woman who needs help with her luggage and he's telling her about this culture that he loves mm-hmm. and she's like you can't like that because he's an ex-confederate yeah. so it's essentially like in that without saying it directly yeah. she's saying like that shit isn't for us yeah you know? it's like it, it's a sad way of like knowing your place type thing yeah but it's also like how we've talked about this before many times in the podcast how like certain cultures are kind of relegated to certain things that they can like like only they can like Mm -hmm. these things so that's why i think that the show deals a lot with like engaging with these ideas that like they have these various interests and like they've always been a part of this culture they just were never shown as being a part of it yeah or like i mean i brought up when we were talking earlier about like comics like mm-hmm. comparing like pulp fiction to comics mm. but i think it's like we're still have i think it, it parallels to like the conversations we're still having now about like diversity in 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 pop culture in general like you know all of these like uh superhero stories like very rarely have people of color in them mm-hmm. but yeah. people of color still love consuming these stories because they're great stories yeah and we want to see ourselves in them but they're not written for us. They're not written for people of color. Yeah. And that's like a I think that's a conversation that is like it it happened in the like it's it happened in the past and it's still happening now. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, moving on from like the the pulp stuff, I think that the way that the like since pulp is very like it deals with these like fantastical elements of like monsters and like interdimensional beings, it's funny that, or, like, it's interesting, or, like, one of the things that struck me the most about the show is that the first elements of horror in this show are the dangers of what a white person can do to a black person. Oh, okay. I was, so, I was gonna, I was, like, was gonna go into that. So, essentially, the first monster we see is yeah. that cop. Like, this is, this is racist cop. And to set it up is they, after, I, I should, I guess I should give a recap. Yes. Um... So Tick recently comes home from war. Receives a letter uh, from his father. Yeah, he he gets a letter from his father and he comes home from the Korean War, and he's back in his hometown of Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Southside yeah. of Chicago. Yeah. And he's looking for his father who recently went missing, and he runs into his uncle who is a guide. He creates guides for safe places for black people to visit, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he goes on this trip with. His, his nephew and then this other woman named Lita, is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Letitia. Uh-huh. L- yeah, she, she joins them and then they go into this place called Artem. And there's this there's this cop who's known for being a racist and he basically tells him to get out. And then from there, like, everything goes kind Shit. of buck wild. They, they take him the into fan. the woods and, yeah, and yeah. then, like, the real monsters come <laughs> out. Even though we had already seen the the scarier monsters yeah but yeah what were you gonna say about it at the end you're like like that begs the question who are the real monsters in this series mm-hmm. you know yeah. because at least the other ones can't come out during the daytime the mm-hmm. fictional monsters yeah right but the real monsters they're there 24 7 yeah you know and, and life also, yeah, doesn't make them go away yes yeah. i think yeah. that's a good that's that's what i wanted to get to yeah I, I love that the idea of, like, these, the real monsters, quote-unquote, are afraid of the light. Mm-hmm. But the other monsters, which is, like, these racist cops, are not afraid of the light. And they're always willing to show how much of a monster they are. Yeah. Even 
in light of something as tragic as like getting attacked by these monsters they still find time to be racist yeah like this dude literally has his arm cut off yeah. and he's still like he's like trying to command him and like tell him what to do and shit I still have power over you without an dude, arm Bridget was like why isn't he dead yet <laughs> like so but, many uh, times yeah and I think that that's the interesting part about like I think that's like a stand in for racism obviously is yeah. that like there are people who are so blatant about it like they'll show their racism during like daylight yeah. And there are other people who won't. And I think that those, the ones that don't show themselves can be dangerous as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, like when they go into the diner and like... Set it up. So we don't meet the sheriff first. We, yeah. we first see them go into... Like, like during the road trip. Yeah, during the road trip, we see them go into... They hear a rumor that there's a diner in, in town that um, serves like black folk. And so they go check it out. And right off the bat, you can see that they're like the suspicious. They're suspicious. Like nobody like asks them for their order, and like they or like they sit down and are about to order, and like the server goes to the back, and you don't really know what is happening. Yeah. Um. Unbeknownst to them, he is calling like backup because black people are in the restaurant. Yeah, and that like the restaurant was burnt down previously. Yeah, which I want to give a shout out to the way that they presented that history of, like, the White House. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was great. Because, like, it's such a great way to, like, present the information about the White House, but also, like, how you find out that things aren't okay. Yeah. Which is, he tells them that, like, they burned it down, and then they made slaves paint it white to cover up the burn marks. And then immediately she's like, we gotta get the fuck out of here! Yeah. That was great. it was like such a small like piece of like I, I think I bring it like this is what that's what reminded me of like of Watchmen that I feel like it's teaching us history like history like racist history that like the United States wants to ignore completely and a lot of people don't know about and like it shows us how like no we need to know this history because it'll repeat it this is why it's constantly repeating itself yeah and to your point about the ones who don't show the racists who don't show themselves yeah like he like he like the server himself was not outwardly racist but he you know still was like like he went to the back like to he go went to the back yeah he's like oh i'm scared there are black people in the building yeah that would be considered like a different form of racism right exactly 100 yeah. percent. so we heard we listened not to not only that but in before even before that you see a different type of racism the bus broke down in the beginning of the episode where they were traveling mm-hmm. to Chicago. So the bus breaks down and a new form of transportation comes to pick up the passengers. It's just like a truck, yeah. like a pickup truck type thing. Yeah, but it's, it was segregated is what you're getting at, right? Yeah, and they weren't allowed in the truck, so they had to yeah. walk the rest of the way. See, but that racism is kind of like on display. Like, yeah. you know that, you know black people and white people are separated but this one it's like this guy who essentially doesn't know whether yeah but he doesn't know whether or not he can serve these like these customers that just came in Mm -hmm. so he goes to the back to like figure it out but he's essentially like snitching he's like he's putting these people in danger because he's not considering what he's doing and to your point yes that is a a completely different form of racism Mm -hmm. it's like we listened to the podcast for the show that HBO did and one of the writers and, and somebody else was the host. But they talk about how they they wanted to show or like that that dude calling is kind of centrist. Like people who are okay with racism so long as like it doesn't, it affect, doesn't them. affect them. Yeah, they yeah, mentioned that a few says, times like, in the show. You burned right? it down last time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think that's such a like, they do such a fucking great job at like presenting these ideas without it being like too over the head or like an after school special it just felt like like there were so many times where it was just like so fucked up to see just how they treated people yeah and it was normal you know like we like to think of it as like it wasn't normal at all and like they're racist and like outwardly racist but like it's okay like I mean back in the day it was okay and that's the normal for yeah. them what were you gonna say? you know what else? did you notice how they were treating the women? yeah yeah like, like especially uh, in that scene where she says my name is not girl i like yeah. that scene mm-hmm. yeah that's but also yeah. just like uh 
Letty? Letty? Yeah. Letty. She, like, her brother or somebody was, like, putting hands on her. Mm. She was like, get your fucking hands up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then uh, the way the uncle was treating his wife when they were in bed. Like, he yeah, wouldn't I let thought that was such her. a great scene. Yeah, he, he wouldn't, like, let her go somewhere? What, what was the thing? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, like... I mean, I think that shows, like... That one's more cautious. Yeah, that one, that's, like, more... Like, like and then now we see, her. like... And then after know. they go on their trip, we see how dangerous it can really be for them. Like, they're, like... And we also see how vital his work is. Like, mm-hmm. if... Like, well, one, they talk about this on, on the, the Lovecraft podcast it shows that like black people do have this interest in traveling which is like every american has that because that's kind of like what we're built on but they're so often ridden out of it and like they don't get to have these stories so like that montage of the road the road trip was was great you know Mm -hmm. like and that is kind of where they started to introduce like newer elements like they had the trap song right was uh, that? Yeah, oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That was the James Baldwin. James Baldwin. When yeah. they go on the road, it's a James Baldwin. And that's also when we see, like, they go to the gas station and, like, they happen to be, like, eating snacks from the gas he station. Took, he's eating a banana. Those, he's eating those banana transitions and... were great, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. I think his work is vital because he's essentially, like, going out and seeing if these spaces are safe for black people to be in. Because mm, if okay. they travel and they just try to get service... And they're in a fucking sundown town. They're gonna get killed, like just straight up. So I, I want to talk about a little bit about the James Baldwin audio. And for pe- those who don't know, or like you, Santos, if, if you're not familiar, mm-hmm. James Baldwin was like this very famous writer during like the civil rights movement, but also before. And he basically, in in the audio that they play, which is just this dude talking, he talks about how like people's realities are different. So, like, if you're asking me to defend this country, my reality is different than a white person's. And, like, like everybody leads a different life, so you might be super proud of this country and, like, fight, fight for it. But this country has done nothing but, like, destroy my people. So, it's, it's essentially, like, it was, like, this nice soundbite that kind of set up how people in America, especially in the America that we're seeing, have completely different experiences. Mm-hmm. Was that the soundbite in the beginning of the show? Or? It was the soundbite when they went on the road trip. Oh, okay, it was because like you know when they show, they show, they say something during the Jackie Robinson uh, scene. I don't know if you mm-hmm. caught that. What you did they say? This, I forgot. That's why I was asking if that was the one you were talking about. That's when they were, it was like a like a narrator like the year is 1929 mm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, the world is at war or something like that. Yeah, no, but that one felt more like that, I feel like that was setting up like yeah, yeah, yeah. Atticus, uh like love. psyche, yeah. like this love for pulp, okay. pulp fiction and yeah. also like his love for like Jackie Robinson like a, yeah. a black icon at the time. Yeah. Cuz like he he obviously still has his mind on war and like he obviously has his mind on like the red aliens that were in John Carter which he talks about shortly after but back to the James Baldwin thing I thought that that was a nice way to introduce how there's these huge differences in worlds based on like the communities based on where they're from based on like who's there and like we see it like for example when when they go into that sundown town looking for Artem Mm -hmm. they run into the cop and they can't even be civil like they tried to reasonably engage with him but that guy wanted nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. yeah so like they had to be careful with everything they said because they could potentially be losing their lives those are world apart differences between if that was a white person he wouldn't have had to like explain every single thing that he said of course or like try to leave and like in it too like the officer was like the sheriff was like oh like you have to drive at the speed limit and you have to follow the rules and you have to be out of here in five minutes or whatever that scene was so good the way they crafted the tension and like really was the fucking even the the, the dialogue well the dialogue was good yeah yeah i i think uh what's his name uh jonathan majors the tick the main guy okay he's such a fucking like 
brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, like, you can see his face when he's talking to the racist cop. And, like, he wants to fucking tell him to fuck off, but he can't. Because <laughs> yeah. he knows it'll put him in danger, his uncle in danger, and mm-hmm. uh, his friend. In yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, he swallows every, like, he you swallows see his pride. You see, you see how, like, how hard it is for him to say, like, the things, like, yeah. just to yeah. be there, like, just to follow everything and, like, not, and, like, not show his anger yeah. because he has to because his life is on the line and the people that he loves on the line. Especially also when they're, like, counting how many seconds or how many minutes oh, there is left mm-hmm. of sundown. And he's just, like, he's trying to stay calm. But he also, like, knows that he needs to get the fuck out of here or he might get in trouble. But, was, like, he just delivers it so well. I was thinking, like, throughout that whole scene, like, this is the slowest, like, car chase I've ever seen in my life. And it's so, <laughs> like, in, like I'm so into it. Like, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Th- that's, I, that's a good point. Because, I like, when I was watching it, I felt nothing but, like, exhilarating. But yeah. I, I totally didn't even, like... I wasn't registering that they were going so slow. Yeah, <laughs> it, I was it, like, it helps with the Letty scene helps a lot, where she's looking o- uh, over her back type thing with her little pistol. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it's helps like a fast lot. edits. Yeah. I think it's like the fast edits that make you think that it's going very fast. So like this dude isn't even slow. going like twenty five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I want to I want to move on to talk to the horror elements oh, and okay. like how, as you described it, the the peel parts of the show. I definitely felt like this this feels very in line with what Jordan Peele has been trying to accomplish with his work within since he's come out. Like his smash hit get out was about how white people are the monsters in a horror movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the whites. This one engages with the same thing, but except like it's centered on characters that traditionally in horror would not be like they wouldn't mm-hmm. even be giving the time of day. Yeah. Um, they would just die or, like, just be, like, a stereotype. And I think that, like, seeing how... Because there's so many elements. Like, it's not just the fear of, like, a pop-up or, like, somebody dying. It's it's the tension of, like, potentially losing your life for saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where, like, the, the suspense really comes from. And then once they, like, I feel like there's a threshold. Like, once they introduce the monsters and, like, they kill them, like, the show takes a new, like, it's a completely different show. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Because even after the the fictional monsters are introduced, mm-hmm. they're still in danger by the the white people. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, they're, st- they're still, like, the number one threat. Because he has the yeah. gun right in their face. Like, mm-hmm. Oh god! I mean, it's and they it's were great. like useless. Like they yeah. didn't even figure anything out. Like, like even in the face of just witnessing something that was horrific, he said, "Monsters don't even exist, though." Like, motherfucker, you're missing your shoulder. How do they not exist? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, fucking, she might leave us, or what did he say? With Teleti? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, He's like, well, shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? He's an idiot, man. Oh, God, I'm so happy. But yeah, I think that that's also the, like, monsters don't exist bit. I think that's a stand-in for, like, when you tell white people that they're being racist and they're like, no, I, I didn't exist. see that. Like, I didn't, I didn't see that. But it's just, like, we witness it constantly. You witness it, too, but you just deny it. Like, what? Why? It's in your face. You're, you're affected by it, too. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible to me. Mind you, this isn't 1950 anymore. Like, yeah, it's just and also, incredible how, how much, like, these people get away with. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the setting of, like, going back to the, the setting part of it, I think that this directly engages with the rhetoric that, like, Trump tries to go after, which is, like, this idea that, making america great which was like back in the day we're like you know after the war we're like the the u.s starts to boom and like there's all this shit but who was it good for you know who was it great for Mm -hmm. definitely not these like these characters in the 50s because they have a completely different experience Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that that's why that that soundbite of james baldwin explaining that like people have completely different realities is so important because it was great but for who? 
Yeah. And also, like, we can see shit. The people, like, you can see how white people were having so much fun making fun of Tick for eat. Like, he was doing, like, the, he was doing monkey sounds because Tick was eating a banana. And he throws the banana at him. But, like, you can see the, just, like, the joy that they were having, mm-hmm. like, just making fun. Everybody was laughing, too. Like, yeah. even people at the register were laughing. They're like, oh, look at him. He's, like, making fun of the black people that are at the gas station. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? That's crazy. Uh, I uh, thought the, I don't know if you guys caught, the backgrounds, by the way, on the show were amazing. The what? The backgrounds. Mm. Like mm-hmm. the uh, there's a scene where they're waiting in line for the bus, and then you see the jolly white family driving their BMW and the poster. Yeah. Like, oh my god, dude! This and is... the Aunt Jemima thing too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, right yeah. after they leave the gas station. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm curious to see what the reception is going to be. If like, because I, I feel like a lot of the time when white people are presented with their racism in this way, mm. they have a tendency to deny it because. They they start to say shit like, "Well, you're just focusing on the bad parts and this and that." But like, no, like, I didn't not- do that. Like that that that's not something that I did. I'm yeah. not res- I'm not responsible for that. But like, we can see how it's still, and like, it's still a problem to this day. Fuck like, that though. They've had plenty of white heroes already. Like this exactly. country. This country is like built on white heroes. Fuck that shit. Like, yeah. let them present this shit. But, like, what irks me about those, like, saying shit like that is that they make it seem like it was so long ago. But as we can see, it truly wasn't. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that long ago. And, like, it's those repercussions of, like, how we dealt with race in in the 50s are still with us today. Mm -hmm. And we can see it, especially now during recently, like, the uprisings and the, and the, the different, like, showcasings of, like stopping police terror against killing black people we literally see police terror or like police brutality on this show yeah like it's still been around for so long and even like with the like the car chase like the slowest car chase like he (laughs) (laughs) he, they were following the speed limit they were doing everything right like they were following all of the rules they even left the town, you know, There's like they were no right longer in the county. The speed limit too, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like still, they were not safe. Like still, like I feel like that's like still so, saying like okay, but like was he driving? Like you know, like for police brutality cases now, like oh, but why wasn't mm-hmm. he following the rules? That's a good point. Like, well, like he's like that person should not be dead. Like a police officer does not have the right to kill somebody for speeding. Yeah. It's ridiculous, also, and it's 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 like different realities for different people. Because like, if a white person was doing it, he would still be alive. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy that the suspense of this show comes from black people doing just like just following the rules. Yeah. Like, there's there was so <laughs> much suspense and like them following the rules, yeah. and they could still potentially still die. And yeah. that was like it, it. It was there was so much suspense in that. Yeah, I mean the police officer problem. even bumped into them while he was following the, the real monsters. That's and what I'm then, saying. You know what's crazy? Not too long ago, I retweeted something from French Prince. That show mm-hmm. was 30 years ago. And the, the, yeah, we're ja- yeah, yeah. And that show was literally 30 years ago. Like all these black like, comedies from the 90s are making fun of things that were happening then. It's 2020. And it's still happening. Like, 100%. how is this even? How is this even like a topic? Yeah. How are we talking about you're, this? You're talking about when Jazz like goes to court and he has his hands up and he's yeah. just like, I'm having, he's like, you can put your hands down. And he's just like, nah, I'm not doing that because then I'll just yeah. I'll, he'll he'll fire like accidental warning shots in my back or something like mm. that. Yeah. Which like, just recently, like, there's a murder, uh, Jacob Blake, right? I, is he dead? Or he wasn't he's, he wasn't dead, but he got shot and he was like in hospitalized, yeah. but I think he's in critical he's okay. condition. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying like this this continues to persist even yeah. since the 50s, even before that. But I wanna I wanna move over to talking about the just the monsters in general. Like, what did you guys think? The monsters, like, the like how they looked. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was just... real top notch. <laughs> Yeah. It reminded they, me of like uh the Kim Possible naked mole rat. <laughs> oh, oh, the one with a lot of eyes, right? Oh wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't Quiet Place do something like that recently? I don't know. Weren't they blind also? Hey, but yeah, anyway. you can tell blind, but they weren't they used that budget properly though. 
and uh, yeah, in the beginning, did you guys get um cowboy versus alien vibes? Kinda, I see yeah. that because yeah, it was like, just like such an eclectic mix of like old and new kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, especially know? when he enters the color. Like once he gets into the actual war itself, like in terms yeah. of color, yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, and I haven't even, I didn't even watch that movie. I'm just thinking of the trailer. Yeah, like yeah. the aesthetic of it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like yeah, all the like flying around and stuff. It was crazy to see. Like it looked like if I would have saw this in theaters, I would have uh-huh. been like, I would, I would have, it would have made sense because it felt like movie quality like mm-hmm. those yeah. effects were top notch yeah like even sure. some of the effects in watchmen weren't that good <laughs> and i loved watchmen the you're talking about the hbl series right yes oh, okay which i think there is a lot of links to i, th- I think you should check it out if you but seen it. you know what though these people the people that worked on this are obviously more well known right than the people that worked on watchmen no no the watchmen is the guy who did well so jordan peele no. jordan peele and Abrams produced it. They didn't write it or develop it. Okay. Like, they were just... They're, they're just a production company. But you know, if Abrams was involved, he was gonna like, yo, I need a budget, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because everything true. he does requires, like, a big budget. I think they had bigger, like, bigger names attached to producing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Watchmen had, like, one of the, the bigger dudes in TV. Ah. Which was uh, Damon Lynn, the guy who did Lost and, like, The Leftovers. Oh, okay. He was the creator. But, no, for sure they had a bigger budget, yeah. like, without yeah. a doubt. Because you can see them using, like, every ounce of that in those mm-hmm. effects. And I hope this isn't just the first episode thing to get to hook the audience, because if it goes down, I'll be kind of disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I I, I don't know. Like, I feel I'm interested in seeing Cause the, show the mystery. It's story-heavy, for sure, but, like, you know... The action's pretty tight. Yeah. I like you know? how they, like, tease out kind of the, like, the supernatural, like, the monster element, or the supernatural element of it, like, during uh, the first car chase, like, the actual car chase, car chase. Oh, with the white girl? With, yeah. And the like, red hat? Like, that the the truck just comes flying out and, like, doesn't hit the car itself. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. it tips over. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It didn't touch, huh? It leaves you wondering. No. Yeah, like, it leaves you wondering, like, wait, what just happened? Did I see yeah. that? Was, was that, that Agent Carter? <laughs> That's what you've been calling it. It's not that funny. <laughs> Man. Anyway. You guys can so laugh. Are, are we going to talk about these characters, though, that were introduced to? We don't know what the fuck they are. Yeah, so there was, as Karen introduced, there was this, uh, there was this lady who has, like, a blue... Red she has hat. a hat. A red, red hat. hat. And she has, like, blue eyes. And then mm-hmm. at the end, um, we meet a dude who has, like, similar eyes. Very, very blonde. Maybe yeah. twins. Very, like, platinum blonde. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, like, I think that the... Obviously, like, the mystery is, like what keeps you going in terms of the story mm-hmm. they look similar as hell and i'm not just saying that because they're white you know but they have <laughs> like <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe that's what they were going for right? yeah. <laughs> i mean i think i think you're supposed to assume that they're connected yeah, yeah. i mean the car like, when they walk in like the same car is there mm. like they see the same car also they said that his dad like the last person to see his dad saw him Saw him like leave, leave in a fancy bar, car. Right? Yeah. God, I want to keep watching it. And it I'm was the, so the sedan, the same white, the silver sedan, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a connection there, type. Yeah, that's uh, what Cameron was talking about. That yeah. the car was there. I think that's kind of it that I have about the show. Anything else you guys wanna? What are, what are, what did you guys think of the? So you guys liked all the main characters. Letty. Yeah, I really, I yeah. loved every character. Mm-hmm. I think like Letty. I thought I keep calling her Letty. Letty. <laughs> Letty. I thought she was great. We haven't really talked about her much. Yeah. Um, she's she's kind of like, uh, you know, like a free spirit. She uh-huh. like goes around, travels and shit. I she uses her about... charm to use people. Though. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's a pretty girl, and it feels like yeah, that's what that she's skated by in life. <laughs> Like, her sister was the only one that sees through her bullshit type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or her brother, too. Yeah. Uh, or we're talking about, like, like black nerddom or, like, just, like, interests in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And, like, just that there's, like, a diverse... Like, people have different interests. Like, regard... Like, they just have... They're people and they have different interests. Yeah. Outside of, like, what we expect a certain person of a culture or race yeah. to have. Like, we talk about this all the time on the podcast about how, like... 
we're expected to have certain interests based on our ethnicity, race, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, so with so with Tick, we see that he's like he's nerdy, he's bookish, uh-huh. right? And his uncle is too. Like he runs a, a bookshop. But let the like. Uh, let, <laughs> I was saying it right, but Leticia, <laughs> Leticia, um, no, Letty, but like when, like in the scene when they're trapped in the cabin, like takes like you know, or she's like, remember I was like all star running, like running in track, like you wouldn't expect that, but that's what she is because like that's what that was her interest in high school, you know, yeah. and I think it's just like. People contain multitudes. Yeah, I think the show engages with that directly. Where, like, it's not... Like, the black people that were known to just... To show in, especially in horror, they're not just, like, like these, like, uh, cookie-cutter, like, Mm -hmm. everything is similar. They all have the same interests. It's... Everybody is different, and everybody has, like, their own interests. And I think it... One, it helps you understand the characters better. And it just makes for a better story. Like, it just... People like different shit all the time. It's not... You're not beholden to how you grew up, you know? You can like whatever the fuck you want. Crazy. Such a hard concept for white people to understand. Every black right? person is different. Who would exactly. have thought? It's you heard it here first. The... Right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we give you the real facts. No, nah, but... <laughs> symbolism. Very stylish. Worth, worth the watch. Yeah, one hundred. Worth the watch. Worth the what watch. would you rate it? Oh, all, all, from one all to the, five. All the brokens, all the TVs. All the brokens. All the brokens. <laughs> this shit is tight, and yeah. I think that people who watch this should have the same takeaway as I did, and that it's still going on, and it's horrible, and what? What is racism? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still going on. It's horrible. Like, these people just put it in a, like, nice little, you know, TV setting and stuff. But it's real, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just ridiculous. Like, it's, like, 70 years later. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it really just illustrates, like, the horror and dread of everyday life. Yeah. And yeah. I think, okay, okay, so, to, to go back to the fucking James Baldwin point, is that, like, again, about realities... One person's reality is just being a normal person, like, you know, not having to worry about dying at the hands of the police. And then the other one is the thing that you think, like, the the system that you think protects you, such as the police, is actually a system of terror for black people. Meaning that the what makes other people feel safe makes other people feel fear. And mm-hmm. I think that such that was such a powerful thing when I like really pieced that like what they were trying to do with that little clip. It just like it 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 really kind of like encapsulates the entire show for me. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact like this is a horror show, right? Like horror sci fi show, mm-hmm. and we see Tick go home, right? We and we see him in his black community, and like he's safe, and everybody's safe, and even like the conversations that the uncle and the aunt have like you can't leave like it's just it seems like their community is so insular because it's where they are safe mm-hmm. and as soon as they step away from their community that's a that's an alien setting for them they are outsiders in that because that's just how the like things were constructed in yeah. the United States and so like it is like they are on a sci-fi journey they're like they're pioneers they're looking at like parts unknown and running into you know, monsters, yeah. be it people or literal monsters. Yeah, it's almost like it doesn't even fucking matter if it's white people or fucking fictional monsters. The world is dangerous for black people. And there's really no difference between white people as monsters and fictional monsters as monsters. Mm-hmm. What would you rate it, Karen? Um, I think in terms of a pilot, like... So strong. It's so good. Like... I don't. I don't believe in perfect scores. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a four point nine wow. five. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go all the brokens as well. I'm all the brokens. I'm all the brokens. Mm. Get on the fucking team, bro. Come this on. is probably the best pilot I've seen on this. Like doing the podcast. 
It's mm. so good. It's like so yeah. written. I don't know. I think, yeah. And, and you know One what? It being over an hour, like I was okay with that. You know? I, I was more. like, give me, yeah. I was like, come on. I didn't even realize. I didn't even, I, I just, I didn't even know. Because there are those moments where like you just get swallowed up into like what the fuck is you're seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as far, as soon as the first tension rising conversation comes up, you're invested in every other conversation because mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, you know, there's going to be more tension, you know? You yeah. Just, yeah. So it just does a really good job of picking up their conversations with the music. I also really like the way that they presented danger in the background, as you mentioned. Like when the cop pulls up and you don't even really notice if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like a shark almost, you know, like without the, the John Williams score, it's just like Jaws moving in slowly about to attack these these innocent people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've been gushing about it. I think it's going to get renewed. I, I don't see it not getting renewed. I was going to say, like, is this show not renewed yet? Because that, I, I mean, that alone, <laughs> that alone, as soon as, you know, if I'm an HBO executive and I see this, what's up? Where where, where the checks at? You know? Because, <laughs> damn. So good. Yeah. Also, like, written and directed by a black woman. Mm-hmm. She's oh. very good. She's only 35. Misha Wait, Green is only 35. I don't think she directed the first episode. Oh, I thought she directed she, the first episode. She's the developer and the, co- and the creator. Oh. Well, she she developed it from a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the showrunner. But Jan Demange directed it. Well, never mind. But still. But yeah. Led, developed by what's important a, is a that, black woman. Yes. The, like, who made it? It was a black writer's room. For the most part, I believe. And it was led by a black woman. Which was great. Because, like, Watchmen, as great as it was, it was led by a white dude. But what he did is he took... He he, he introduced a lot of black people into his... Uh, into his writer, into the writer's room to tell a better story about... Because it's, it's, Watchmen is also directly dealing with race. And you can't tell it unless you have people... Like, it just makes for so much, mm-hmm. so much of a better story. And I also think that that's why... Let, like Letty wasn't just like, like she was a great character. Mm-hmm. She was she was all of the so women well. in the in the the first episode were great. Like you know what? Yeah, the aunt too is great too. The sister and so understanding. The sister with the comic, yeah. Like everybody had their own little or like or Let Letty's sister too, Ruby. Like mm-hmm. you know, like they tease her like the relationship. You know that there's like. You like even you see her. You introduce her, her singing on stage, and you see that she's like this really great like performance person on stage mm-hmm. and then but yeah it's just like it's very multifaceted and very well written and you can tell that like that it's like a diverse group of people that are creating this and that's yeah. why it's so good like this is what happens when you have like diversity in the writer's room and in every step of the way yeah that, that reflects the stories that you're telling which is what's most important I think this is like the first um, show in a really long time where I'm like really like I'm gonna like every week it comes on I'm gonna like be glued to my TV. Yeah. You caught up already? No, I just watched the first one today. Are you caught up? Okay. No, no, no. We haven't. No, I'm probably gonna watch two, one or two tomorrow. They're only on the third one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited though. Yeah. But yeah, that's this... all I have to say about this. Anything? Mm-hmm. Anything else? Shout out to Black Veterans. Who deserve the same rights as white veterans? <laughs> <laughs> Think know? about it. It's true. Think you know, it. actually, we just saw the Five Bloods. Yeah. Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Also He's about the Korean War vet. Mm-hmm. So you should watch that. That's a Spike Lee movie. That's Chadwick's most recent movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's filmed some, but the most recent one that's come out. Shout out to him too. Rest in peace. Yeah. Damn, that's mm-hmm. crazy, huh? That was, like, so out of, like, left field. I was like, what the that hell? Fu- it fucked me up seeing, like... I feel like I learned more about him, yeah. unfortunately, in death. Like, everyone started to post all of, like, the shit that he said in interviews. And, like, yeah. all, like just kind of a great guy he was. And, like, yeah, definitely. It's and the so great sad. roles he's had. Like, mm-hmm. it's just plain iconic black characters. That's awesome. Good for him. Like, seeing, hearing all the stories about, like, the how much so much of these stories meant to like little black kids growing up yeah it's just like fuck like yeah, it's heavy it's crazy yeah. 
And you could tell that he like took it seriously, you know, like he was really he affected yeah. by It didn't how hit me how much the Black Panther affected black adults as much as it affected yeah. black mm-hmm. children. We rewatched it. Oh, you guys did? It's oh, okay. It's much better on rewatch, I think. Oh, okay. I, I just feel like you remember get... hating the the green screen. That's all I remember hating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that, but I feel like there was a lot they tried to do a lot that I didn't realize on first watch. I just felt like I was focused on certain things. Like I think I was trying to grade it as a Marvel movie. Yeah. And then rewatching it, I was like, this this is this is not the same kind of Marvel movie. It's like different. There's yeah. they're doing thing they're addressing things that no Marvel movie does. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what does it mean to be like black in the world? Which is not just like in Oakland, like how Killmonger experienced it, but also like in this advanced black nation. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you, my friend, for chatting with us. Thank you for having about me. this this great show. I'm really happy I did this because this show has been a while since I've been excited for a TV show. Yeah. Like this got me all giggly, and I'm like, ooh, this looks, ooh, you know. So you should do, you should watch Watchmen. It's just yeah. it's just as good. It's heavy. I feel like. I feel like this show also, like, uh, Lovecraft, like, balanced, like, moments of humor mm-hmm. well. Like, I don't know. It just it didn't feel heavy, heavy all the time. Until it did. Yeah. And then, but, like, Watchmen felt really heavy sometimes. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like... Yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, I think so, too. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. Love you. Santos. Peace. Love you, Karen. Love you. Oh, thank you. Love you, guys. Peace, guys. Peace, Bye. peace. Kiss. Mwah. Bye.